0: Hi everybody, so today I'm very very excited to have Emily with me from Collective Potential. Emily's an expert at getting you to unleash your potential and create change in your life. She's run workshops for over 15 years for thousands of people which are focused solely on unleashing the human potential. Her rap sheet includes, which I'm so excited about and actually a little bit jealous of, (laughs) personal meetings with Richard Branson, Oprah, Bono, and the Dalai Lama, which is, every time I look at that photo of of Emily with the Dalai Lama, I just go, oh, I'm gonna do that one day. Uh, To (laughs) co-creating social change concerts, reaching 15,000 people across Australia, to spending 10 years working with indigenous communities on intergenerational shame. She lives and breathes social change and spends every waking moment thinking of ways to lead and collaborate on projects that empower and transform people's lives. In 2014, which is not that long ago, really, nice. uh, Emily founded Collective Potential, a place to incubate her love of workshops, events, coaching, and crazy ideas that just might change the world, which is exactly what she's doing. Um, and I'm super, super excited to have Emily join me today from the back of a combi van that she's borrowed <laughs> for the week. Um, so, and it from what I've seen on social media um, across these last few days, it's been super exciting for you too. Um, You put a call out, I think it was over the last weekend, um, to borrow a van from somebody, from anybody, so that you could go on a real road trip. Are you able to tell everyone a little bit more about how the idea came about and what it is that you're doing this week?
1: Sure. Maybe I'll tell you a little story. So I was out with some friends that I hadn't seen. We've all got our old high school friends and I grew up with my brother's friends. So, you know, I'm a bit of a, a bogan at heart, um, Polynesian bogan. I like to call myself. <laughs> and of course, a lot of the work, you know, I'm a coach, I'm a speaker. So I do a lot of my connection work, which is what I'm truly about at the heart of it, real connection uh, via social media. And a few of my um, old guy friends were, um, we a bit drunk and they started to have a go at me about, you know, you couldn't be that happy in life. You know, <laughs> seriously, all those videos you put out, like, I'll oh, be real. Like, come on. You don't even have a car. You don't have a house. We don't even have a boyfriend. <laughs> I was like, oh. yeah. <laughs> interesting enough, these judgments for about a day sort of hit me. And I tried to explain to them in the moment, gents, your life is very different to mine but I recognize that as they were telling me these judgments they had of me and they care about me, but in their mindset, that's what life's about having those things. And I live in the city. I don't need a car. Um, And believe me, it costs you a lot in fines. And I don't need a home right now because I really am trying to live a minimalist lifestyle. I had the home that had everything in it. But with the work that I do, I really am on a journey of self-discovery to be the change that I want to see in the world. And so these boys, bless their cotton socks, actually ignited the courage that I needed to go out and do what I wanted to do, which was to jump in a van and go and ask everyday Australians of why are we disconnected in a world that is full of um, technology? Um, we are slowly and fast at the same time losing Um, losing our way when it comes to really connecting to our thoughts, really connecting to what it is that we want to do in our life. And we're getting stuck in alcohol and drugs by 2020. Anxiety and depression is going to be the biggest health issue humanity's ever faced. And that is unacceptable to me. And so rather than just sitting back as a coach and waiting for people to come to me, I was like, I'm just going to go and find out what the hell is going on in Australia. So I jumped in a van and asked our community, who can lend me one? I want it and I need it in 24 hours because I'm just going to go. And so, again, I packed up my stuff into a small little bag and here I am in the back of a combi van. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the stuff all packed up. It's my clothes hanging up because it's easy to hang up your clothes on the side, says the girl, rather than in a bag. And it's been hilarious already. So why am I out here? Because I want to know how do you connect? I want to know what people need in their life to do this.
0: Yeah. So... Sorry, my dog's scratching in the background. So this is how you know that this is real. <laughs> um, and good point with hanging up your clothes on the on the rack on the side. It's perfect. You might just decide to get yourself a combi van permanently. I reckon.
1: <laughs> you know what? Uh, I've got three weeks in this. Can you imagine? Today I haven't had a shower. Um, I got the time wrong for this, so I'm literally hanging out at the side of, um, uh, of the country. Now the guy that already drove past in the Ute was like, "Are you guys all right?" And we're like, "Wow." stopping to do an interview and he was like
0: okay <laughs> all right see you then i'll, I'll leave you to it <laughs> god <laughs> i freaking love it though um Mate. so where have you been in the last couple of days so you, this is day four now
1: today is it uh today is day four yeah good catch yeah. um started um in tulangi where the van was and moved down to hillsville um, I've seen some amazing gurus, David Ward and Jan Montanengo, run these courses called Lifestream that change people's lives. So I sat with him and I thought I'd interview him and instead he ripped apart my patterns in life and it was amazing. Yeah. And he said, let's figure out what you're really doing on this trip. And I said, adventure. So from then I went to, um, up to Giftsland and ran some workshops up there, which were ultra inspiring. I heard, look at me, almost taken aback, just some of the most raw, real stories I've heard in a long time. Um, And then down to Berwick, uh, again, workshop down there. And then I headed out to Ballarat. um, And so, yeah, lots of bees really, isn't there? Uh, Yeah, yeah. And now now I'm heading down to Port Campbell.
0: Okay, so I noticed that you, was it universities that you're visiting as well? Was that where you're doing them?
1: Yeah, um, Federation Uni asked me to come out, which is wonderful because they pay. And the idea behind the pay is, and that goes back into our fund, we have a thing called the pay it forward model for being yeah. the kind of workshops that I do, they can come along and they're, it's covered. Um, so, yeah, unis, think about it, right? I didn't go to university, which I think is such a joke. Did you go to uni, Christy? No, no. Yeah, and so there's <laughs> always been this part of me, I don't know about you, that felt like maybe I wasn't smart enough or um and my life just didn't end up being about academic uh, academia and I, I laugh don't you that I'm standing there in front of all these uni students and I'm, I'm I am i did not even go but I'm in there to inspire <laughs> them but the workshops are really about and this is like it's not just for uni students you know a lot yeah. of Australia tells you don't you think what are you going to do with your life you know You know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? That's all you hear in society is what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And so I said to them, I'm going to find out um, from you today what you're going to do. I can help you with that. And But what's more important to me is why you're doing it. Yeah. Because the why is where you start. And from that really clear statement of purpose, you can choose any bloody what to match your why.
0: That's right. You you know, and part of that too, I believe, is who are you? And I've noticed this week and maybe you going on this road trip and doing what you're doing seems to coincide with something that's going on with me this week. And I did a little, um, I did a little video. It was only a short one on, on my page, but the energy that's around this week is just mind blowing. I don't know what's going on, but um, I felt sick this week of, Felt exhausted and all I've wanted to do honestly is just be alone um, because I've got all these thoughts and feelings and all sorts of stuff running through my head about asking myself who am I? not so much why am I doing what I'm doing? because I know I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. same as you know why you're doing what you're doing. but who am I other than mum, other than a wife, other than you know friends, sister, daughter, you know all that sort of stuff. answering the question, who are you? Is that something that was mentioned in your chats at all? Or is that something that you talked about?
1: Yeah, of course, because we're so our identity is really wrapped up. uh, Who, who, who am I uh, in what we do in society? And so people think that what degree or the nurse, like they're saying it, I want to be a nurse. I want to be a teacher. I want to be in business. Like you actually tend to Create, especially when I see people who with careers, we've been put in that in society. What we do is who we are. Mm-hmm. And um, the whole workshop is really about people like, well, so how do I become who I wanna be? And they don't have time to come back to go, well, I think why is, is more important because it literally gives you a space to be like, well, I love who I am, I love my why. And then it doesn't matter what I do because at least I know who I am inside. And you should have heard the stories, like people are like, I guess I just want to be successful. And I was like, oh yeah, like answer this question, Christy, what is success to you? Like define that. If we're talking about.
0: Yeah, success is happiness, peace, feeling as though you're giving something that what you do is rewarding and is meaningful to me. That's success. I don't think money and all that crap.
1: No. And I said I said to her, I go, You can you can grab hold of that word and you can say you want to be a success in life. But underneath there was a conversation of her saying, Well, I don't want to keep failing. Every time I try to go out to get this thing about who I want to be, and she wants to be in production and film and you know, that was success to her. And I Mm. I had to just stop the workshop and say, Aren't you a success now? aren't you who you are is here present in this moment the production job or not like you are genuinely success now and let's redefine like it's like a funnel isn't it if we think about it it's like out here is your why and you start with it and then you drill it down it's she thinks it's success and then she drills it down again and it's happiness and guess what at the core of it is meaning Mm. so yes the conversation of who i am comes up the whole time because of the process I take people through, it's like you get to create who you are beyond the title or the what. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's a question that a lot of people can't answer. You know, you um, even in some readings that I do, you know, everything, the workshops I've been to of yours where people talk about it, when you ask someone who are you, it's always relating around what they do. And, you know, like you said, with the whole success thing, and that stood out to me from what you said that she mentioned, is I want to be a success and I want to do this and I want to be this person. But why is she not embracing who she is right now? Mm. What I would be asking, you know?
1: Well, can I ask you then, so what did you come to the conclusion of I was asking who I was, like, with all the beautiful things that you know about life and the beautiful readings you do on yourself? What was your answer?
0: I still haven't figured it out completely. Honestly, I think that a lot of it is, and Michelle knows this because I've had this conversation with her, um, a lot of my questioning about who I am is relating to relationships in my life. So when it comes to what I do for work, readings, healings, you know, um, the publishing, all that sort of things, I'm absolutely 100% certain where I'm going with that and, and where it's heading and that I'm, I know I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. It's more in relationships and not. And this is something that I said at, at your workshop is that my word for this year is real. Yeah. And that's why I'm questioning some things at the moment because I don't believe that all of my relationships are real.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting no, word. It really is. Like I'm even out on this road trip. Thank you for sharing that too because who am I with people? Well, you know, I've happened to pick up, pick up a backpacker from England that I've met a couple of weeks ago. And I said, hey, do you wanna come on a road trip with me?
0: Mm-hmm. And we had
1: great conversations and he's a really lovely guy. And I said, and he was like, you know, I'm, I wanna come on this road trip because I wanna um, find out what's, who am I when I'm real with people. And I think we can get really caught up in what being authentic But authenticity or real, what I'm finding, it's so interesting, has so many other words wrapped around it. To be authentic is to be truly vulnerable. And Mm. there's true power in vulnerability, right? I was really lucky that I got to spend some time with Brene Brown. She runs the power of vulnerability work. um, And she's like one of the number one TED Talks. And I said to her, look, I've been running vulnerability workshops forever. Um, And I call them more about being authentic. And she said to me, well, you know, that makes sense because when you are vulnerable with yourself and that is the things that are, are really connected to you, the things that you're passionate about, that's how you can find your vulnerability, the um, experiences that maybe have challenged you, those that make you feel emotional, this vulnerable space actually gives gives way to authenticity. Mm-hmm. But until you try that or attempt to do it, you won't find authenticity. So as people go forward to be authentic in life, what I teach is, mate, (laughs) there's a whole barrage of surrender to give up that authenticity Um, and to also accept people. Like that's the biggest part of authenticity to me is how do you truly accept yourself and others when you're in those vulnerable, authentic conversations? Because only from that place of acceptance will you go, oh, well, move on. I don't need them to do what I need them to do. Um, I can just be who I need to be in this moment.
0: Mm. Yeah, and that's 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 spot on and that's what's happening for me at the moment and that's something that I'm vowing to do now because I know I think I've got it figured out when it comes to work and, um, and that side of things. But when it comes to who I am with people in my connections, in my relationships, um, whether it be family, friends, social media, whatever... Um, It is, I'm happy, I'm more than happy to be vulnerable. That's something that I'm not afraid of, Um, but you do come across blocks when you're connecting with other people when they can't get into that space, you know? And when you're willing to be so vulnerable and open and raw and just go there, you know? Um, But then you get stopped in your connection with people where they just go, no, I'm not going there, that's too scary. Mm it blocks the communication and it blocks the relationship you have with those people too. So when I talked about I'm reassessing who I am, that's what I mean, <laughs> if that makes sense, you know. Oh,
1: it is crystal clear and I don't think even the people who are listening to this, that process goes on and on and on for the rest of our life. I've really noticed that about myself. Like why am I in a van? because I've come out of maybe a a challenging time and I wanted to change my life up. And I think when you refuse the call to go on that exploration of yourself, um, like you just settle or compromise in your life. And that goes with relationships when you are settling or compromising who you are authentically for other people's needs, it starts to build up and it looks like anxiety It looks like depression if you aren't moving in your life. And so for me, it's getting in a van and following my bliss and going out and connecting with people. For you, it might look like, well, I'm going to speak up and I'm going to show you who I am. And when you don't get to do that, it, it, it impacts you, doesn't it? But it, does, start- eat
0: away. it does eat away and it, it is, that, that's exactly right. When it comes to depression, you know, I've been there, I've been, um, look, I've, the first, I still take medication for anxiety you know, um, it's something that I suffered for a long time. And it's, it does. that. That's what stops you. And I believe that's, that's one of the biggest things about why people feel depressed and stuck. And just as if they can't move, or they're not getting anywhere, and they're coming up against block after block after block. is because they're not, they're not living, like you've said, in you say it perfectly, they're not living on purpose. And they're trying to keep everyone around them happy and not make waves and all that sort of rubbish. But all it does is eat away at your soul.
1: It does. And that's it. I said about this trip, it's so spot on, Christy. If I hadn't tried this, it would have been a cost to my soul. And I see people come into my workshops and you do too. There is a darkness, like a cloak, almost like someone, you know, when they, that cartoon character where there's a blob of ink on top of someone, a tar and they walk and they're carrying it and you know um i just think that there is such an amazing process that i can look at people now and i can see that they're they've got the refusal of the call they're saying to themselves i'm not doing it i've got anxiety i've got depression and that's actually your potential coming through like that energy that anxiety i really bless the medical industry for looking after you and everyone who's had it but so have i but if we keep calling that anxiety, it becomes that. But it's mm. actually, if you can, I had this young girl yesterday, she bawling at my workshop. And at the end, she had such an amazing breakthrough in front of everyone. Because at the end, I said to her, you keep calling that anxiety. And so you keep living it out. And don't get me wrong, it's very real. I really believe it. But I think there is an epidemic of people who are labeling this energy, this life force energy inside them. And it's the thing, it's like their inner soul, their their voice saying, go and be a mum. Go and speak up for yourself. Go and travel and do this. See that thing that you want to do? You want to be an actor. You um, You want a boyfriend, but you keep pushing it down. And when you push that energy down, you don't know because we have a society that is so disconnected, not only just from their mind and their emotions, but particularly from their body. They get called this. The medical industry labels it. And look how passionate I've become because it's an epidemic, you know, and they are literally calling it anxiety. And so they lie down and they don't do anything about it. But where are the guides? Do you know how important your role is in the world, Christy? How important these videos are to remind people that you don't have to do it on your own because you don't know how to deal with your emotions when they come up you know I teach people how to use that anxiety and channel it into a passion and they boom I've had parents who paid for kids their coaching they're like how did you do that my son's been like this for three years I said because he needed a passion and no one's skilled enough to ask him What are you like? And maybe for six months when you come back and check in with me and each time we build on it and build on it and build on it, now he's being a filmmaker, he's gone back to school, Mm -hmm. he's happier. You know, the passion is you doing these videos. Like me, that I didn't, I was like, who who am I to go and do workshops around the country? And who am I to jump in a van? Like, shouldn't I be successful with a million dollar um, brand and um, tour van behind me? No, this is where it starts. And people are asking too much at the time. This is this is what I'm finding. Sorry for my passion. No, my absolutely, so go for this it. Is finding like in the last three days, I realised I'm not meant to charge the five thousand dollars that I used to charge for my workshops. I'll, don't get me wrong, I'll do that for some of those corporates out there. But that feeds my need to go to the people and say, guys, that energy you're feeling, that fear, if you didn't call it fear, that is your true potential. Yeah. And you, if you think that through and then move it to the part of you that is your true nature. Whoa. And this girl was bawling as I was walking with her. I said, see all that sadness you had equate that to your true potential. And now we're going to flip your life. And she's like, Oh my God. <laughs> and stop asking, how are you going to get there? No, no more. How set the end result. How, what is it that you want? How do you want to feel? And then only take the next obvious step. I'm yelling at her just the first step. And then from there, go to the next one, go to the next one. And she's bawling because she's like, Oh my God, you just changed my whole perspective. And I'm so passionate about that. And I'm even talking to all the women out there or the men who are watching this and go, no, it's not just anxiety. It's your potential.
0: Yeah. And that, that makes absolute sense. You know, as you're saying that and I'm going, right. And I can envision it, you know, and I felt it and saw it when I was at Real Fest last time before Christmas, it's, you know, there was a lady sitting behind us and she, hang on, have you frozen or are you just sitting really still?
1: I'm (laughs) sitting really (laughs) 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 still. I was, that was me being very
0: intense. (laughs) I thought you'd frozen, that's all right. No, there was a lady sitting behind us and she said something to us when we had to, so part of Real Fest, um, there was a group of 200 people there and we were sitting and um, we were doing a workshop with Emily. And Emily asked us to sit in small groups, um, four or five of us there were. And this woman behind, sitting behind us sat there and she was quiet as a mouse. But she said, I know that I have so much to share with the world. And I know that I can change people's lives from what I have to share. And that was it. She, she said that and we went, right. And then Emily got, got back up on stage. And I think you asked for someone to... to you know, who wants, there was a volunteer for someone to stand up. Yeah, and wants um, get experience? It was, oh, it was brilliant. And mum, you know, got this lady to stand up because you could see when you ask for someone to stand up, you could see the look in her eyes like, I so wish I had the courage to do this, but I can't. And so we helped her to stand up and she stood up and you could just see, uh, you know, everything her energy just changed immediately as soon as she did it. And afterwards she sat down and bawled her eyes out because it was something she never thought she could do. And all she needed to do was have the courage and the support around her to stand up and be seen and heard. She didn't speak much. She spoke maybe for 10 seconds, but that's all it took for her to do it. And the emotion that came out of her, she would have been shitting herself.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah I- no
0: idea about it
1: that's the energy of when we're shitting ourselves and speaking up or sitting in groups, like so many people won't come to my workshops because they're scared of groups. And don't you think that that's just messed up that we have a society so scared of each other's judgments that we won't turn up to a workshop. Like we don't know that that energy in our body is actually there to move us forward. Instead we go, Oh no, I'm going to watch married at first sight. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Or, or we are going to have a drink of um, uh, wine or we're going to, you know, eat something that kind of pushes down that energy and in actual fact all that needs to come through is just your potential and if you if you're brave enough if you call on that part of you that has courage courage still comes with fear bravery yeah. still yeah like I know it's my greatest strength I know people don't have to jump in a van and pack up their life you've got kids I get it but I'm so you know, jealous so jealous <laughs> yeah believe me a lot of parents have been like oh, I wish I could do that um <laughs> And then, funny enough, um, even my brother was like, you should have taken the kids with you because it's... <laughs> I, like, I can't do that, but thank you for wanting me to take the children, um, my niece and nephew. But, yeah, I just think that that woman standing there for a moment was exactly why I like running workshops like or events called Real Fest because the coolest thing that happens at them is how much did you learn from her that moment? You didn't get up. The crowd was applauding her and her courage. And what are you what do you see when you see her do that?
0: That it's okay. That that you're safe, that the the world's not gonna crumble around you because you express yourself or you're heard or you know, what I saw from that is is it's okay to be and it's it's applauded. You know, you're applauded when you're real. Mm, and you can be information, yeah, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. And that's what I loved about it, is being able to watch her stand up in the whole room is like they that's the power of the group facilitation I'm really passionate about. I used to train like thousands of facilitators. I'm probably going to start training facilitators and coaches again because what I'm noticing is people present information, but they're not also uh, able to use the group dynamic to, to learn from you. And so when, when she speaks, we all hear. Yeah. We all hear what we need to hear. And that can be so different from other people. And she wrote to me and said, Emily, I'm now working in... Um, uh, youth work and, um, you know, I really think the impact that I can have on people is amazing. Uh, and, you know, again, it's not the be all and end all, but it's it's enough to push her forward.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. And I actually mentioned the whole fear thing um, I've mentioned in uh, readings that I've done for people too, when they say I'm scared, um, you know, and we talk about the whole fear is just a thought and all that sort of stuff. But I say to them always, always, when you're scared of something. And I can't think of an example when this hasn't been the case. Every time I felt fear or felt scared about something or nervous about something, there's always, a, what's the word I'm looking for? There's always, um, you know, there's also excitement. And there's also, you know, when you get that nervous feeling of, oh shit, I don't know what I'm doing. And it scares me a little bit, but I'm also kind of excited and I've got butterflies and imagine what could happen if I actually did it, you need to focus more, well I believe, you need to focus more on seeing those butterflies and that nervous feeling of this means that something's about to happen, this means that something's about to change, what is it? Am I brave enough to go and find out what it is?
1: Yeah, and I love this because this is that education that's needed we keep calling it fear and anxiety and depression or there's something wrong with me is the unconscious beliefs that are behind it the thoughts creating the reality but where do we get trained or educated to say hey let's have a look at your mindset right now and your beliefs like to you know to teach people your mindset controls that we kind of know that at a fundamental level but there is a lot of steps and processes in there that can really easily be taught to people like Hey, your thoughts create your reality. Great. We know that. You have to change your story. Cool. This is what I like to teach people. Um, let's have a look at the power of vulnerability. But this is a concept where if you shift into the possibility or that it's about to bring you growth um, and that you're nearly there and, will, and you'll be, you're not quite there yet, but you are, rather than the fixed mindset, like people need to be trained in that. That's why there's an epidemic. People who are living in fear, because where do you get trained in that? So that's why I love what you're doing with people because it's what I do and I think it's essential.
0: It's brilliant. And look, it, not to say that I'm perfect at it either. You know, there's moments where <clears throat> you know, I'll give advice to someone and say, and afterwards, you know, I'll do a reading for someone or I'll post something and then go, shit, what I was just experiencing a couple of days ago when I was feeling this and feeling that, I need to take my own friggin' advice damn it, (laughs) but it it helps, you know, and I don't know how you feel about this, but are there moments where you kind of get that where, you know, you're drumming stuff and passionate with people and going, yes, you need to do this and this is how you're going to get from here to there and all that, but then, you know, you might go to bed at night and think about a situation in your own life and think, God damn it, I need to be listening a little bit more to myself.
1: Yeah, there absolutely is, but it's becoming a lot stronger that I follow my true value in life. Like I know the process I do with people too. And because it's been done to me, those fears that I have or those thoughts that come out in my, in my mind because they're triggered. Cause I'm out of my comfort zone, you know, like traveling in a van or meeting somebody I'm into um, these things that I'm not so experienced at definitely trigger my, you um, know, negative critic. But I know that that's my four-year-old operating system. Can I explain this?
0: Yes, please. Please.
1: I know that the fears that come up at, in, in bed at night really are, you know, from the ages of zero to seven, we have had experiences in our life that um, that have created this reality, our identities wrapped up in it. And I know that some of the best things that I can do for myself is acknowledge that These patterns of thinking have been embedded since we were younger. But I can notice that any time it doesn't feel good, I'm working out of that operating system. I'm identifying with it. And so I know that that's not true because guess what? I've got this beautiful love bubble inside me that is my true nature. And from that space, I redefine myself and refocus. So I set the end result of who do I want to be here? You know, like that who am I? Well, yeah. I'm not well, who am I? I want to be authentic or I want to be compassionate or go on an adventure. So even when that comes up at night, yes it does, but I have a process and step that I teach people that I've taught myself that I can apply really gently, with compassion, and I can live out more and more. And I swear, people look at me nowadays and go, Oh, Emily, you look amazing because mm-hmm. I used to be like forty or thirty kilos heavier and um and I say, yeah, they lost so much weight. It's so skinny. You know how we all <laughs> would say that to each other. And I was like, oh, I don't know if it's skinny or that I actually just really love myself
0: more. Yeah. And how do people react to that when you, because I know that, you know, I've that's something that I've talked about a lot recently, not just with myself, but with my family and um, with people that are you know, friends and stuff like that about loving yourself. and. What kind of reaction do you get from, not from people that you're working with in workshops because obviously they'll take that on board, but people you've known forever or, you know, whatever, when you talk about loving yourself, do you get the whole hmm or do they actually get what it means?
1: Uh, This is a really cool question because, again, as I said, um, uh, I'm on a road trip and it gives you a lot of time to think and definitely reflect on your experience. I know that there's a different type of person. I call them archetypes. If you haven't studied them, look them up.
0: No, I you know, have but not nearly enough yeah. as you have
1: Archetypes that are born into this world with a definite energy that really represents who we are. And they say that um, uh, these archetypes, like, think about it, it's the typical characters in stories. The person who's the princess, uh, the person who's the queen, the the jester so you you act out that kind of personality trait and you are that and so i can definitely see that even the yobbo or the tradie needs to hear it in a whole different language compared to the person who is um maybe the shapeshifter and the healer they'll hear it with the language um love yourself of course i want to love myself So I definitely know that when I'm talking to my brother's friends who attacked me, right, this is what my thoughts were. I'm like, stop attacking me. I slowed down and said, listen, boys, you have a different lifestyle to me, and generally, um, have you ever had a moment where instead of just being shitty that something's happened, that you just accept it and you're just cool with it? And there's a place inside me that I'm just cool with now, that even with all of these issues that go around, I'm cool with me. And that was enough. For them to go okay that's the language of love just in a different way yeah Uh, i've been having a conversation in the van with a friend that um it's back road tripping with me and he said that russell brand said in a really clever way um to find your center you've got three people one that takes you off this way one that takes you off that way but then you come back and you find your center and i loved that i thought that was a really cool way of describing to people who don't like emotional language
0: yeah yeah and and that's the hard thing is knowing who who you're talking to and you'd probably you know have to do this a lot more than i do because you're in contact with so many people um of of using the right language depending on who you're talking to you know like um i'll talk about self-love and um you know spiritual type talk with my 13 year old son for example um and I do, I have to use slightly different language with him as I, than I would with someone I'm reading for who's in their 40s. Um, but, but then again, because I've just had a little bit of a brainwave as I'm saying this, I do, I do try to, I don't like using the word dumb it down because that's not what I'm doing, trying to simplify things for my 13-year-old,
1: mm.
0: hoping that it might be easier for him to understand what it is I'm getting at. But I've found with him that I don't need to do that because he gets one hundred percent. You know. Yeah.
1: Look, look at his mum, though. <laughs> yeah, but you know, <laughs> that's what. No, believe me, I, I'm acknowledging that. I think that's fucking wonderful that you've given him. You know, corporate people call it emotional intelligence. That's how mm-hmm. they have to take on the businesses, um, or leadership development, or values-driven, um, purpose-driven teams, um, and so. I think it's so cool that you're teaching your kid emotional intelligence and that he grows up around that.
0: Oh, he's, you know, the thing with him, with emotional intelligence, he is, oh my God, you know, he, some of the stuff he comes out with, um, even if I'm in a shitty mood or something like that, or I'm not being myself, he'd be the first to, you know, grab me around the shoulder and go, Mum, what's up? <laughs> you know, and I'll, I'll say, nothing, I'm fine, I'm just busy, right? And he'll go, you know, don't give me that. I know that something's not, you're not being yourself and that's not you and all that sort of stuff. He's just spot on with everything. So I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to go on. He's already doing it, you know. He's in, actually, he would love to talk to you. He's in year nine this year and he has, he's the go-to person for all the girls who, and I'll be careful here, but... um, of what I'm putting out here, because I don't want him to, you know, feel as though I'm, you know, kind of putting the spotlight on him. But he's the go-to guy for the girls who, who self-harm and who are being abused at home or are feeling depressed and stuff like that. They trust him. Because he said, they all come to me. I go, because you don't judge them. Because you're not trying to get in their pants. You're not trying to tell them what they want to hear. Or you're just generally there. To be there, to listen, to support and not judge. And he went, Yeah, I am. And I'm like, yeah, you know how fucking proud I am of you. <laughs> you know? It's uh, it's I'm amazing. Proud. You should yeah. be proud.
1: It is interesting to think that sometimes when I think about how disconnected people are or their fear that it's also that we don't know how to listen. Like really most people don't, you know, like that woman that stood up at the workshop. Instead of like telling her solutions. It's just listening, really mm. full body, deep listening, and people just feel heard, and then they move through it and they walk through. Like that's a communication skill that might be needing to be taught <laughs> at school. So I'm glad that you're teaching him how to just listen. I mean, what a powerful tool it is.
0: Yeah, and that that is it's very true, and that's things that you come into contact with all the time. My marriage, the same thing. You know, I can pour my heart out. <laughs> But when you don't get any response or acknowledgement when you're being and know that you're being heard that's where you run into trouble and it is it's something that should be taught in schools should be taught in <clears throat> workplaces it's a life skill but unfortunately with school i don't think they teach enough life skills
1: no i spent um 17 years going around teaching life skills across the country was a youth organization called the Reach Foundation. Um, and it was run by a guy called Jimmy Steins. And he walked into my school at 17 and asked us, how do we want to be remembered? And it was interesting from that moment on, I was so intrigued by this honest, open conversation he was trying to create in the school system that, um, yeah, it changed the directory of my life. But I think that there are lots of schools who really are teaching this stuff nowadays when we first started 20 years ago um, and we, i think reach has worked with over well over a million half a million young people now that there was no programs like this and so there is hope out there for lots of meditation med- mindfulness courses are being integrated into schools now like things really are changing um and you know kids like your son that's why they get leadership positions i just keep encouraging him and if i did meet him that was what i'd say like not everyone's cup of tea, but your role in life is to to listen and to be a leader, which is to listen to what the other kids need. So that's, yeah, I think there is a lot of change in life skills. No doubt about it.
0: Yeah, well, that's good. I'm glad. I don't, I don't see enough of, I mean, I don't know if my son's at the wrong school. I don't know, but I don't see enough of it. Um, you know, with teaching life skills and stuff like that, maybe I need to do a little bit more research because obviously I don't know what's going on in other schools. Um, but it is, you know, and I noticed there has been a shift too with, um, you know, my son doesn't get homework and stuff like that. They, they keep school in school as much as they can with academics and things like that, which is good cool. um, because they need to be able to have their own social lives and, and to be able to have other passions outside of school and, um, you know, like he loves graphic design and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, they need to be able to have time to do all that stuff too.
1: I have a question that just keeps popping up in my soul about you. And okay. your husband. Can I ask yeah. it? Uh Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Can I, and I think this is great for everyone to hear. It's like, um, and I don't necessarily have the answer, but I would be really cool conversation to have with people, especially around this listening communication skills. Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. Do you remember that? Book? <laughs> yeah. So is it true that, we as women need and communicate and need to be heard in a different way that men do.
0: I would say so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What's the difference to you?
0: Uh, I, well, I would say that it's more emotional for us.
1: Yep. I would agree.
0: And we need to be heard on a much deeper level.
1: Yeah. And I will flag a little clause in the corner of, we are not saying that all men and women need to, and you know, even the question of what is a man, what is a woman and feminine and masculine, that's a whole other conversation that we do on another live stream. But I would be curious to have the conversation without solution. of Why does that happen when women walk into a situation and we need to talk more and we want to express and we want to feel. And then the husband, I hear it a lot in my coaching clients. The husband goes, yeah,
0: yeah, and that's all you get. <laughs>
1: and then what happens on the other end? Are you even listening to me? Um, it, it's, an, it's a frustrating um dynamic between two humans, which is that's what it is. Yeah, There is a process that you go through because how does your husband react to things like that?
0: Uh, just what you did then. <laughs> yeah. And yeah.
1: I heard you. I heard you. You didn't and ask me for your response. Yeah. <laughs> there's a really fascinating process that they say that in males that that is their answer of listening they don't need yeah. to have the conversation and um i've had to train relationships literally train myself to be like did he hear me yes he nodded and he gets it and that's enough like he took it all in he internalized it yeah. whereas women, women mostly externalized and so in processes where i'd be like i would i would i would love if you could just listen to me and at the end I don't need solutions, I know you want to give me some, I just, I kind of need you to do that. And he goes, well, I'll do that for you, but can't you do that with your girlfriends? (laughs) (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I think there's something in that though, right? Mm -hmm. Is it true that we try to get certain things from our partners instead of thinking around us who can really listen and hear that? And are their actions showing us what they give you know there's different languages of love have you heard of languages of love
0: yeah yeah
1: they listen or give through either by giving you love through service like i'll do things for you that's how i'll do it or their language of love is that they'll verbally have that conversation with you and that's your real strength the other one is um your language of love is that um you give gifts like little tiny gifts and you love giving out that The other one is quality time. I'll sit down with you, and I've made time in my schedule, and that is where I'm going to show you my greatest love. And there's one more. Do you remember it?
0: Uh, no, (laughs) no. I
1: I think I went through them all. But what was going on? What else is there? Language of love, um, spoke, quality time. No, I did. I said them all. So, like physical.
0: Hang on. And yeah.
1: touch, of course the one that i want the most i forget
0: <laughs> how could you
1: forget that <laughs> oh. well, again not the language of love or is it but interesting actually i'll come back to that but yeah how they show us love in different ways like you're a verbal language of love what's him what is his
0: yeah he's doing things doing things and buying things and stuff like that yeah no yeah that makes absolute sense actually
1: and that's where there becomes a clash in relationships because yeah. you're asking for your language of love, but he doesn't, that's not his strength. So mm. then there's this, you know, it's like a disconnection why I become so passionate with working with people in relationships too, because we forget, we accept them, but it gets frustrating, but you're, you're actually getting frustrated is with your own value and your mm. own need. And so if he's doing things, I would watch for it. Yeah. Watch for how he does it because he's never going to be able to give you your language of love.
0: That makes sense. And so what you're saying is with going to friends or family or whoever it is that can relate to you in that way, you know, say if I've got a girlfriend that I go and chat to, if I feel like having it out verbally and want to chat and get deep, then I would go and speak to one of my girlfriends about it.
1: Don't make your relationship. Um, what your girlfriends are, always have your best mm. friend who you're going to have a different c- conversation with because you're yeah. they're different roles, but we mess them up. And we particularly can find such achievement and successful, gorgeous, connected relationships when you realise that you're only frustrated because the person's not giving you your language of love. Wow. And, you know, that's what I do. I facilitate mm. and go, hey, boom, oh, yeah. And, you know, if you look at all the things he does for you, all of them, mm. what does he do? pick the kids up, goes to work, uh, comes home, like, don't get me wrong, he's not perfect. But if you can be grateful for the way that he does things, mm. and maybe gift. and that's his way of communicating. Especially the cool thing is, is once you tell him, I just need you to talk to me. And he'll probably talk to you more than he's ever tried to, but then he'll <laughs> go out probably try to do something more for you because yeah. that's his in his ease and it's like awesome you know that he's feeling guilty so he'll probably bring some flowers home or if it's not that <laughs> then he'll work, he'll work harder and try to make more money yeah. that's his service
0: okay yeah now that makes absolute sense
1: and then men need to be acknowledged
0: yeah yeah again not taking it for granted too absolutely that's right.
1: How do you feel oh, about yeah. doing that with you? Because that's a vulnerable place. But I was like, well, oh, let's look, be awesome. conversations.
0: It's, um, look, I, I probably can't go into too much detail. No, I don't because go Because this detail. is so in public. But, um, <laughs> and my husband would kill me if I did. But that, that does make a lot of sense. And that is something that I'm going to take on board. Because it, it might just make a difference. Absolutely.
1: It might just. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: My my sister's been getting very 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 upset with me lately she's moved over yeah. from the uk unfortunately she's divorced her husband um, and brought her kid over and so she works with collective potential but she let loose at me um, and we're supposed to be working together but sister dynamic and yeah. she went crazy i needed this to be how many times do i have to ask you i've told you so many times emily You know, I'm not this, I'm not that. And I was like, whoa, don't talk to me like that. But I realised in that moment that her language of love is to do and I need it to hear. And Mm -hmm. that comes from a very raw place of me. And I shut up and went, okay, I haven't done it. And within five seconds, I did it all for her. And then I wrote back to her in a text saying, thank you for hearing me. I really appreciate it. Meanwhile, my ego is like, nah. <laughs> Don't you help me? I'll get you. <laughs> oh
0: dear! yeah no, well, I, we're going to have to wrap it up though because it's already almost been an hour.
1: <laughs> Whoa!
0: That's how quickly hey. it goes. So you know, it's. I would so love to do a live stream with you later in the week. I think that, um, or sometime soon, because I think there's a hell of a lot more that we can talk about. Honestly, hundred
1: percent. And thank you for the connection you know that's why i'm out on this road trip it's what my workshop's about and i just want to honor you because you know verbal love
0: thank you <laughs> thank you so what i want to do is make sure we've got time here at the end to let everyone know where if you've got anything coming up if you've got any real fest, uh, not real fest, you you've got raw workshops coming up and yeah raw
1: is about, yeah raw is um a four-week series workshops i do them tuesday night in south bank um uh they go for three hours and you can create change in your mindset in three hours more than you can in your whole lifetime that's what i tend to facilitate in individuals and give you a process to leave in what action you're going to take in a really creative passionate and inspired way so i really encourage anyone just to go to our website which is collectivepotential.com.au, and all the info is there but again we have real fest which is on a friday night in june or we have um a two-day workshop which i really get down into changing your career health relationships and finances i love it very passionate yeah. about it
0: beautiful well, we're going to try and be at real fest for the next one because i loved it last time so we'll definitely be there for the next one in june i think
1: yeah but thanks for your support thank
0: you are so doing honestly oh. <laughs> thank you this has been awesome
1: good thank you everyone
0: enjoy the rest of your trip Mwah. oh i'm off to the beach <laughs> awesome <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>